Welcome to the Checkable Health Podcast, where we're helping everyday moms rethink how their healthcare begins at home through healthy living, access to information, and technology. On each episode, we interview healthcare providers and experts on topics that affect us as mothers as we raise our children. We'll cover topics across the spectrum of health to bring awareness of important issues, conditions, therapies, and technology. We believe your healthcare begins at home with us moms. The healthier we are, the healthier our loved ones are. When you have a, a new baby, <clears throat> if we switch to breastfeeding, do you have any um, tips on when you bring your new baby home? Lactation consultants are not available on the drop of a hat. So some things that you can have at home for new moms and dads that are helping their wife or their partner. Uh, hmm, okay. This I will try my best. It's been a long time since I've nursed, as well as that I didn't do a lot of I, OB, etc. I just am going loosely based on what I know. Tim did, but I don't know how much counseling you did with women with lactation issues. The, you know, the biggest thing is, um, just from a psychological point of view, is it's so stressful. And mm -hmm. sometimes even, like for myself, man, just struggling. You're so worried about doing it right. You're stressed and your milk won't let down for the first few days. And then you feel like it, your breasts are giant cantaloupes that are going to explode and rock hard. And so the more you stress about it, the, the you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> it's painful. Uh, it is. Okay. Yeah. I feel your pain. It's uh, not fun. I'm Bill Clinton. I feel it's your pain. Um, anyway, so just uh, finding some way to relax. I mean, it's gonna. My, I don't mm -hmm. know. This might be foolish, but uh, music, some kind of meditative things that help you relax, mm -hmm. even for 10, 15 minutes to to unwind, to be able to have that milk letdowns. And I figured out that once I could psychologically calm myself down, relax, um, using heat and all those other um, tricks to just let my body relax em mentally, emotionally, and physically, that made it so much easier. And then obviously once you get into the, the habit of it, you can do it quicker. But mm -hmm. for the first few days, I remember I was like, okay, I'm a doctor. I know I'm supposed to relax and I can't get her to latch on and I am stressing and nothing's happening. So I think that's a really important thing that people don't talk about enough is that it's hard. It's almost like you have to train yourself to re relax, to let that milk let down. And so. Yeah, it's stressful. Having, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then warm compresses, heat. Good, uh, a good, well, a helps. good breast pump. Good I mean, breast pumps pump, are. Obviously. Um, cracked nipples. Okay, there's no nothing fun about that L at all. Lanolin. Mm. So there's, yes, lanolin um, ointments really helpful and it smells like sheep so what could possibly be bad about yeah that? <laughs> and um i shoot i'm trying to think what else that we used topically and maybe maybe you have an advice there was something else i used and i can't remember the name of it that really helped um crack nipples and it's totally safe for the infant because mom was worried oh mm -hmm. what you know they're nursing and they're going to get in their mouth it's going to be a problem good um, saline is good like to clean yeah um, that's safe. And then sometimes um, the other thing is uh, babies are going to get sometimes 
little oral thrush mm, from nursing yeah. because they're um, they're warm, moist mouth all the time, as well as the mother's breast. So it is okay to have some topical um, anti um, yeast cream at home. You can get the canistin or clotrimazole, the over-the-counter brands. Mm-hmm. You find them usually in the uh, women's vaginal product section in the pharmacy, but to- you can use it on the skin, and it's totally okay, and it's not going to hurt the infant. If it gets really bad in your infant, then t- you're going to go into the doctor because there's things that they can do and use. Usually, um, we used to paint their mouths with gentian well, actually, violet purple, and sometimes still will, or they give them oral solution now. Yeah, but gentian violet works way better than yeah. anything else. It's almost free. I think you can get a like lifetime supply for you and your entire neighborhood for like <laughs> 11 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> it's actually, it's stain yes. though. It is a dye. Mm-hmm. So if they dr- they will drool this stuff onto their onesie and it is going to be purple for and the rest mom's of the will, it'll get on their skin too. But yeah. it will it's, it but it, it absolutely cures oral thrush in a kid. Yeah, really. So oral thrush again is something that easily can be dealt with on a telemedicine visit because mm-hmm. you can take the baby and shine a light in their mouth and show the doctor and it's like that's what it is. The mm-hmm. diagnosis is made by looking at it. You get some gentian violet. You paint it in there. They, they're cute because they have purple lips. You know, <laughs> it looks like they're they came from Rocky Horror Picture Show or something, <laughs> and it goes away and it's you're done. You treat them once. <laughs> you know, trying to put, um, you know, nystatin, oral rinse yeah, or anything. It just doesn't. It just it's too painful. I'd <laughs> see these kids. We have it in the office. I paint them. They're done. See you later. Yeah. You just have to warn people that it'll actually stain your clothes. <laughs> um, and that works good. And like I said, you can buy it. It's it's harmless. They're not absorbing it into their system. Um, it that that's a that's a real helpful one that can save you a visit. Mm-hmm. But the uh, next big problem is uh, mastitis, and oh, it yeah. seems to some women seem to get it easier than others. But that's when um, the breast gets in an infection. You get a little crack from cracked nipples is a usually the cause. But then you. Notice redness, pain, swelling, fever, and it can progress really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, within a matter of like 24 hours, you can go mm-hmm. from not too much tenderness to boom, a, a full-on fever in a uh, woman and a severely tender breast oh, and yeah. drainage. So that is something that needs medical that, attention That needs quickly. to be seen medically. It needs to be seen fairly quickly. It's not an emergency, but no. it, I guess it could become one. Uh, and the other big tip on that is you keep feeding them from both sides. Yes, mm-hmm. keep nursing because a from lot both of women sides. will go. This side's infected. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep. Yeah, but you want to keep that breast drained, and it's not the. I mean, it's the skin that's infected. It's not the right. milk. milk. So I yeah. tell so, moms, you're not giving infection to your baby. They won't get sick. You're not expressing pus from your breast. It's milk. I mean, so unless keep... you were expressing pus from your breast, in which case that would be well. That's. That would be gross. <laughs> For the most part, you want to try to, if Feeding it's your, painful yeah, yeah. to sometimes no, nurse awful. on that side, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it actually is more relieving because it decreases the pressure in the breast that's inflamed and infected. It feels better. Um, but we encourage them to try to, try right. to nurse from both sides or at least pump, uh, express the milk. And then, yeah, that, don't be ashamed to go in and get seen about that right away because that can definitely... Requires yeah. antibiotics. There, there's one thing I do want to say though, um, because I've dealt with this so many times in my career, and you know, breastfeeding is better. Um, breastfeeding is it should be encouraged. 
It should mm-hmm. be, in, you know, in, for as long as you want to do it, that's, you know, fine up to, you know, if you want to do it for four or five years, that's up to you. If you want to, you know, if you can get six months, that's probably at least scientifically the, the sweet spot as far as, you know, what you're doing for your, your child's brain development and immune development and all the rest of that. The other side of this coin is there are some people where it doesn't work for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. And we kind of get these almost cult-like um, attitudes. It's like, well, you got to do this or something. Look, our son was breastfed for two weeks and he's, you know, he was valedictorian of his high school. And he, he, he got a, you forget. It was a little longer. Okay. It, was, it three, was not very long. It was three months. But, you know, and, and I would tell <laughs> parents fast. this. I said, look, you know, you're, you're at a stage now where your child really is starving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you did everything that you could do, everything that was reasonable. You should be commended for that. Feed the baby formula. That's why we have it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it doesn't mean that you try for a week and give up, but there is situations where it is just untenable. And that's why we have a backup. Like, thank goodness we live in, in the United States where we have a means of backup. Mm-hmm. And I hate seeing these young mothers weeping with guilt mm. because they can't nurse their child. I mean, there's just no reason for that. Trust me, you will you will damage your children by the time they're adults. <laughs> That you can feel guilty when you're our age, right. in your late 50s. Yeah. There'll be lots of time for guilt. Yeah. Nursing is not the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the same uh, uh, with having a C-section versus a vaginal delivery. It's like people get really mad yes. if or like shame you. Like I got shamed by people. I'm like, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. Like I wasn't, I was trying to have a normal delivery, but I don't know, it didn't work. Like it's your fault. Right. right. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so we have medical technology that allows you and your infant to be uh, not dead. Yes. That's probably good. Right. And, you know, people fail to recognize that, you know, May and I were discussing this yesterday, you know, 100 years ago, um, maybe a little bit more, but 1900, most men would expect to be, if you made it to 20 and, you know, 20 years old, then you were going to live for at least 20 or 30 more years, Mm -hmm. potentially 60 more years. You expected to get married more than one time because you're going to have six or seven kids. And in in all likelihood, your wife at some point was going to have an obstetrical disaster, either from an infection or blood loss. And then you need to go to wife number two and have another seven kids, you know? I mean, and that's just kind of how it, worked and people mm-hmm. you know we forget this my grandparents yeah. you know homesteaded in saskatchewan and um my grandfather went off in the winter because obviously you can't make money on a farm when it's 40 below zero mm-hmm. and he was a blacksmith in in the city you know 25 miles away and you know they just had a baby and he came back six months later and he's like where's barbara and it's like she's buried in the back 40 because that's what happened i mean it was really harsh yeah you know children got illnesses mothers Mm -hmm. got illnesses and that that was that was that Mm -hmm. and um you know so we forget how 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 modern medicine is really well we forget how sanitation has really altered the scope of humanity i mean more than more than anything any medicine, any vaccine, any medical intervention, any diagnostic tool, the, the single thing that has saved the most people is water treatment plants and, and uh, black water versus gray water sanitation. It's really simple infrastructure that saves mm. people's lives. But back to lactation. <laughs> um, 
Sorry, yeah, I, I'm bunny trailing. Yeah, you, I know. That's, That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap that up, yeah, the big thing is to um, don't be ashamed if it's a struggle. But the other thing is to, I mean, there's two sides of that, is not to give up too early. It is a, a learning process. Mm-hmm. and. Um, well, you and the baby are learning. I mean, right. that's true. Right. Like the baby hasn't nursed either. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I've right. Seen, we've seen both where the moms just want to give up because it's hard and it's messy and you're leaking and mm-hmm. all the things and you're just having to learn a whole lot. Um, and so, n- you know, not to just pack it in and give up, but it gets to the point where, yeah, if your milk, if you're like me and many other people, you know, and you just don't produce anymore after a while and you're struggling and your baby's obviously hungry and you're having to supplement or um, you just do um, prematurely stop producing milk, and you just learn to do what, uh, I would say just don't feel guilt about it. Don't let anyone guilt you into like you're not an adequate mom. Mm -hmm. It's just the way um, God made you and you know, that's okay. So the whole shaming people when on either side of the coin, well, and it's just gotta, and remember the standard, because of course, medical science is always so pristine without any corporate interests. Mm -hmm. The standard used to be, Oh no, you give them the scientifically based formula because that's better than anything a human body could possibly produce for the last 19 trillion years, which every single human survived on. Mm -hmm. That can't possibly be what you should do. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it all switched around because it's like it's a no-brainer. Of course, if if a human female is producing this for her baby, it's right. probably what you need to feed them. Right. You know? That's the ultimate. That's how. Yeah. That's how we're made. Right, and that's why that's why newborns that are exclusively nursed don't poop very much because they're getting rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are being they are being nourished with almost perfect nutrition, mm-hmm. so they don't produce much waste. Hmm. Yep. Good point. Which is another point because they'll come, come in and the they'll doctor. go, my kid hasn't pooped in two days. And I'm like, okay, so is he fussy? No. Does he have a fever? No. And how much are you feeding him? You know, X number. Is there wet diapers? Wet yeah. diapers. Gaining weight. Yeah. Gaining weight. Okay, good. Yep. Rocket fuel. Don't need to poop if that much if you're being breastfed. Right. Yeah. I just had uh, someone send me a really bizarre TikTok of a woman who didn't like to pump. So her husband breastfed three times a day until, (laughs) I mean, it was like a fault. Like they, they were very open about it and it, it was, and he was like, it tastes really good and it's, it's very nutritious. So I don't see what's wrong with it. I don't know why you guys are shaming me. I'm like, okay, I guess that's a new, it's a new way of looking at it. She didn't like pumping. So she thought, she that it served the purpose for her so it well was it great. served a purpose um <laughs> yes which actually we we had a we had a pediatrician on who was um who had tons of experience just a delightful lady who had retired and she started this what was the name of her oh susan's uh, online website i'll look it up L- we'll look it up because she is a really good resource for this exact thing she was because okay. she was an nicu physician yeah and so she and i think she had three kids so she's like how on earth do you manage you know nursing going back to work Mm -hmm. i mean she's working 12-hour shifts it's super intense work Mm -hmm. and so she really reached out especially to professional moms on on how to maximize uh breastfeeding Mm -hmm. um she was just uh, landers i think susan landers Mm -hmm. she was just outstanding great resource um but she also brought up something because there's these breast milk banks yeah, and yes. so 
So if there's a legit breast milk bank, essentially like the Red Cross running a blood bank, Mm -hmm. you don't have much to worry about. But there are people that are buying and selling breast milk online just randomly. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, like on Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, moms that like, oh, I've got extra. I'll just sell it like I do with my chickens and vegetables from the back garden. Don't buy that. Please. Please. No, please. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, don't there's a bunch it. of weirdos that are, you know, like it, it's just. Don't sell it. Don't buy it. I mean. But there are the there, there are like, actual banks. So there, there's actual reputable ways that you can get human milk mm-hmm. that has been screened. It's been tested. It's mm-hmm. it's it's actually really cool. I never really knew about that before. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Probably have to live in a bigger, you know, center. Right. To, to find that. But there are other resources <laughs> as well. Yeah. I mean, there's so many diseases hepatitis etc oh, I mean, right gross you just don't even think of that at screening just don't sell anything that came from your body all right please yeah. like right. Just, like leave that the bar like the guy that has exactly. 95 kids because he was donating his sperm and he went on a road trip and visited all of them that's like the most weird thing i've ever heard mm-hmm. wow but well there was the there was the I, they had a thing on it was on netflix i forget what it's called but there was the guy that was the uh, IVF doctor. He was doing IV, uh, like in vitro fertilization or uh, artificial insemination, right? So, mm-hmm. and and he just used his own. Oh my gosh! So, no way. So the, this, yes. these kids started. Somebody did a twenty three and Me, and then all of a sudden it's like you got like forty siblings, and oh. she's like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." Like I had one brother, right? So she started sleuthing all this stuff out, and then they figured it out, and of course. And it was all this one guy. And I think I think by the time they had finished the series and they had not finished all of the genetic, you know, investigation, I think they were up to 108 kids. Oh, my gosh. 108? Wow. That is Yeah, so, so, I mean, he, essentially. What a sicko. With a pipette, he sexually assaulted these women. Right. I mean, that's what that is. That's 100% what it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because they think it's their, you know, their sperm donor or their partner or their husband or whatever and it's not it's you know it's the guy with the giant thick glasses oh my gosh that's a netflix special (laughs) it was a wild show i sat there one afternoon may was working or whatever i was home by myself and i'm like okay i can't stop watching this it's so wild oh my gosh this podcast is sponsored by checkable.com Checkable is revolutionizing healthcare by bringing healthcare home with fast and accurate at-home rapid diagnostics and pairing it with telehealth services available through our mobile application, available on the App Store and Google Play. Checkable.com offers an array of rapid diagnostics that allow you to own your health at home. We have a UTI, vaginal pH, and two rapid breast milk strips. One will measure alcohol and the other to measure nutritional value. Checkable puts treatment options at your fingertips so you can test at home, see a provider, and get your treatment plan sent to your neighborhood pharmacy. It's checkable.com. So before the um, before we started recording, you had um, you had mentioned Robert Kennedy. And I listened yes. to the whole, um, listened to him on Joe Rogan and now listening to him afterwards. And I mean, he's really smart. It makes a ton of sense. 
And um, I'm curious from in Canada, well, you're not Canadian anymore, I guess. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of things that are happening in the U.S. that have been happening in Canada. And when we talk about vaccinations and some of these like broad, um, broad approach to things in medicine, how come it is that doctors are going along with it? What, like, why is that? It's a four-letter word that begins with F. Yep. It's fear. So mm-hmm. if, if I think, it, and this is really sad, but I think it's true. Um, you know, we are at the tail end of our careers. Um, it's easier for us to speak out because we don't quite have FU money, but we're getting closer to mm-hmm. that than we have less to lose. Honestly, than, we feel th- like at least financially. So we just started speaking out. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of preface it with that. Um, and it's interesting when you see the people that are speaking out, they tend to be people that are our age. They're people yeah. in their fifties and sixties because they have, cause they've seen it all. They've tasted it all and they don't have anything to lose. So what happens is this, if you're educated as a physician in the United States, you're going to graduate with an average of around $300,000 in debt. You are almost for sure going to go into a corporate job. Now you're not going to hang your own shingle and start your own business. Cause then that's going to be another four or $500,000 in debt before you even start. So most people don't really want to start their career close to a million in the hole. Mm -hmm. So that's where you start. So then you get into a corporate enterprise. Corporate enterprises are not run by physicians. They are run by business people. Medicine is largely a business that's run by business people that requires people with a medical license, in other words, physicians, uh, nurse practitioners, and PAs to write prescriptions and order tests. That's how the system is propelled financially. So we are, so you get into a system and you're like, okay, I, are you going to call BS on something when you're when your neg when your net worth is three hundred thousand times less than the bum that is passed out on the street? Right. Literally. Right. No, you're, it, the likelihood is no. Mm-hmm. So you have to make money. You have to uh, not be dangerous. You don't want to be an outlier. You and don't, you don't you want to be an outlier. Security. So largely, physicians are guided by fear. They're not guided by compassion or guided by science. Plus, we're not scientists. People think we are. Mm-hmm. Some of us are. Most of us aren't. Most physicians are tradesmen or mm-hmm. trades people. Mm-hmm. We are trained in a trade. Seeing patients and practicing medicine is much different than being a scientist. And thank God it is. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to people like Anthony Fauci, who is a physician who never saw patients and mm-hmm. doesn't have a medical license mm-hmm. and just does the sciencey part, it's an entirely different paradigm than actually seeing a doctor. Mm-hmm. People forget that. <laughs> Medicine is not numbers. When we see a diabetic patient that has type 2 diabetes and their A1C is really high and their blood sugar is really high and they are 120 pounds overweight, the solution to their problem is changing their diet and exercising. That doesn't make anyone money. Mm-hmm. So we're trained to seek and destroy. So see a number, treat a number with a medication, make the patient go away as quickly as possible, tick all the boxes, see them again in three months, and let the patient mill and the pharma mill continue going, and everyone gets paid, and everyone is happy except the patient. Mm-hmm. Because they're still 120 pounds overweight eating right. Cheetos and drinking soda. Right. But that, that level of chronic illness 
is the absolute fantasy dream of the pharma industry mm. because now you're writing prescriptions not for antibiotics that you take for 10 days. You're writing prescriptions for diabetic meds, for blood pressure meds, for antidepressants that you take for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah, their lifetime so, value is very high. Is very high. Sick mm -hmm. people, there is, sick people are, <laughs> pun intended, a cash cow. Cash cow, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, as everyone says it's a sick now, system. follow the money trail. Mm -hmm. and who's holding well, the purse it's, strings? It's like the famous COVID meme. I, I tried to follow the science, but all I ended up doing was following the money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so that that's the problem physicians tend to go along because you know and for good reason like i i, I don't want to entirely impugn my entire career but and you know we got caught up in this with the opiate epidemic yeah. i mean we were coerced by drug reps and all this and there was no science i mean there was way less data on that than any of the stuff that's gone on in the last three years but you don't want to be an outlier mm -hmm. and because you're trained as a physician you know do what you're told and do what you're trained to do. You're going to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. And you know, and that's, a, that's largely trust, true, right? I mean, trust factor too, right? When yes. you've been trained, you have mentors and higher ups. So it's like, well, you trust that they have, uh, the public's greater good at heart. I mean, we see seen differently now, but when you're young and even learning, it's like, okay, I trust that these researchers, these, um, scientists, these other physicians above me who believe this and reviewed the data know that it's um, um, good and worthy of being followed. And so mm -hmm. um, there's there's that. We try to, like, I think, put uh, the benefit of the, I'm not saying the benefit of doubt, but give the benefit of the doubt or be tr um, trustworthy. And I think sometimes too trusting. And so then you go along with it. It's like, oh, they couldn't be lying. Why would they be telling well, I've heard things that, from, that aren't the truth? But as you see more and more things happen, as you get... But, but I've, heard that, I've heard that argument from tons of people, you know, other physicians that I respect that, yeah. are, that are senior to me. Mm -hmm. They're like, why would the government lie about this? Not, mm -hmm. Or yeah, why would, the, why would the FDA, right. you know, they have our best interest. Why would they do... And I said, because they're funded by the pharma industry. Right. I mean, what is it? 40 or 60%, I can't remember of the FDA's funding comes from pharma. Right. And, and you just you just said, look, it's, 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 I mean, whether or not they have the best intentions in the world, and they may, those kind of numbers corrupt an industry. It's the nature of the beast. I mean, one of my uh, friends who's 20 years older than me, he's a retired nephrologist, just an absolutely tremendous guy, a amazingly smart physician. He, he, he woke up one day and he goes, I'm full of crap like everyone else. Because he was doing peritoneal dialysis, which is home dialysis on his patients, until he, he, had a, until he owned a dialysis clinic. Oh, and then, and he, then he, he looked back after about six months of owning it, and he said, how come all my patients are on hemodialysis now? He's like, oh, yeah, because I own the clinic. Oh. And he just started laughing at himself. I mean, he had the personal insight to be able to see it. Wow. But, but the problem with most of these financial biases is they're not conscious yeah. they're entirely unconscious yeah that's so the reality yourself. of humanity yeah. wow so it can spin out of control and then that's your way of life yes so how can you break it without another well, revenue source right well you have to yeah i mean you have to break it i mean unfortunately as as small government as i am i think this is why you have regulators right mm -hmm. i mean 
you know, the way the way I see it now is, you know, the regulators are supposed to be the referees of the system. So you have to have rules or else you don't have a game. Mm -hmm. And as long as both teams feel like, you know, the rules are being applied fairly to both sides, you, you have a nice football game and everyone's happy. Well, when one team buys the refs mm-hmm. yeah. and pays for their mortgages, yeah. you th- what do you think is going to happen? How long before no one wants to watch football anymore because it's just entirely corrupted? Right. And, you know, I think I think in large part that's what's happened. And if the three years is, the last three years has taught us anything, it's taught us that there's a lot of three-letter agencies now that like no one will ever trust again. And it's right. damaged. It is absolutely damaged the doctor-patient relationship, at least in my personal experience with patients and the people I see and they hear how I talk and they're like, oh, thank God, there's somebody that's like has an open mind. Right. And it's damaged for another for at least the generation, mm-hmm. like Be- easily. Because we don't feel like we can question the authority of a physician because you've gone to school, because you've been in practice for so long, you've seen so many patients. So it's hard to know all of the facts, like to get up the courage to sort of have your case. So I don't think a lot of, I think it's like within private situations, we can discuss back and forth, but then you get with a physician that's like, well, yeah, you just got to do it. And you're like, well, wait, why? We were just talking and everyone felt confident and then a physician steps in and then everyone's quiet, which mm-hmm. it's right. like. Well, <laughs> and it's it's part of expert culture. Like we tend to. Yeah. We we tend to defer to experts. It's like, well, mm-hmm. the expert, but you know, here's the problem is look at how many experts got stuff wrong and, and, and not just, you know, in the, in the last three years and not just in medicine, but like in, in, in everything it, it's, you know, the hive mind of humanity is usually way more correct than any particular expert. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's weird. Like I've heard way more common sense from my, you know, friends that have dropped out of high school and they work in the woods killing trees mm-hmm. than I've heard from most of my um, physician colleagues because I bring a common sense argument to the the conventional narrative and they just break down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, well, no, it's not the way it is because it, it defies common sense, mm-hmm. right. you know? And, and that, like, there, there's something bigger than randomized controlled trials, than than all of this, and it's common sense. Right. If something defies, you know, if if I come home from a trip with my friends to Sturgis, and there's a a pair of size ten and a half boots under my bed that are mm-hmm. men's boots, and they aren't mine. Chances are something happened when I was gone. <laughs> right, right. They didn't common sense get would there. dictate. Mm-hmm. That marriage counseling may be involved, or lawyers may be. Involved. Yeah, I mean, my feet you know? grew. My feet grew, and I'm in right. boots now. Oh no, no! The guy was here changing the light bulb and forgot his boots and his underwear under the bed. Under the bed. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that's right. Sure, perfect. Yeah, that's uh, the. I feel like sometimes that's how we're talked to, though. Like, okay, just believe it. Like, just go with it. And my husband went to go get. Um, a procedure done he had to get his acl repaired and um actually no that it wasn't that one he had another he had to get a little cyst off his back and 
he was like, well, the doctor said, have you, have you been vaccinated? And he said, well, no. And he said, well, then I can't do the procedure on you. He's like, wait, what? Why? Why? And and he's like, because that's our policy. And then Andy's like, okay, well, I guess I don't need it done that bad. <laughs> but right. he said, it's fine. My eight-year-old got it. It's fine. But. Yeah, like... Well, until it's not fine. Right. I mean, that's the problem. It's it's fine until it's not fine. Mm-hmm. And and you know, when you look at the number of of you know, cardiac events in 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 children, like in under 18-year-olds, mm-hmm. like I don't know all the statistical data, but it's pretty obvious something's going on mm-hmm. now, and it's pretty obvious there's only one thing that changed. Right. There's nothing else in and, society and, that changed. Right. And and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we we started with the COVID vaccine, and it's like, whoa, this is really. I mean, when it first came out, I read I read the what they released to the press. I read that study, um, mm-hmm. which was very short. Mm-hmm. And I looked at May, and you know, we're just two dopey country doctors, and I know exactly what we were actually in Flo- in Clearwater, Florida, at the time. And I said, okay, they're going to authorize this. You know, they had forty four thousand people in the trial. There was twenty two thousand in each arm. And I said, they only have 160 infections. Mm. You can't tell anything about this. It's just right. not, the trial's not big enough. They didn't have enough infections. Mm-hmm. And they only had 10 infections in the in the treatment arm. I said, it doesn't tell, it, it's meaningless data. It, the right. numbers are too small. Yeah. They had 160 out of 44,000. It's nothing. And I, I started challenging some people that, you know, were more into reading studies. And it was just crickets. They would never give me an answer mm-hmm. because they knew. They, because the cognitive dissonance, dissonance was so horrible, they mm-hmm. couldn't confront the fact that they were being lied to mm-hmm. because this was going to be the savior that got us out of COVID. Yeah. And and then now, like we've interviewed Sasha Latipova uh, almost two years ago, mm-hmm. and she was just absolutely amazing. I mean, she mm-hmm. she looked at all the um, the batch data and on who got side effects and who didn't get side effects, and it was all based on batches. She got the FOIA um, 75,000 or 90,000 pages from the FOIA documents, built an algorithm because she used to run pharma companies. Looking, I mean, it's just, she's like, there was no safety data. Like, mm. none. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Oh and we're like, you're kidding. Like, that, that can't possibly be the case. Yeah. She's like, no, there really is no safety data. Wow. That and they closed VAERS. Not yeah, VAERS. VAERS still goes. They closed, the, the CDC closed their own electronic reporting system they just stopped doing it they're like we're not getting yes, reports and they stopped doing it they don't want to know about safety data it's obvious and you're seeing it in the ed and you're seeing it in urgent care you're seeing it in icus like it's not every physician is like yeah i've i've seen these side effects cardiac events that are happening yes i remember the very beginning remember when it, we were working oh. and people were coming in and i I'm like, okay, is it just us or like we're, we're small town docs? Actually, at the time we were working in our, um, our urban s- center and we were seeing from the rashes. And at first I was like uh, misdiagnosing. I thought someone had Lyme disease or someone mm. had some weird autoimmune thing with the rashes. And then I'm seeing one day I was like three in a row. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. And then POTS syndrome, which used to be this very rare condition that, we were, I was, I saw two of those cases in one week in women. Mm-hmm. And one was a woman. The other was a 20-year-old male, totally healthy kid. And then he got the vaccine. And a week later, he comes in with this bizarre 
it's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, racing heart. We had to call the ambulance. Wow. All kinds of things, clots. And I was asking other people about it. And some of the physicians, I'm like, are you going to report this? You know, there's this correlation with the vaccine if you asked about it. Well, you can't prove it. I'm not going to report it. So there's underreporting, a lot of them in denial. We were seeing all kinds of stuff. And I, and I, I was asking, like Tim, and asking around to other colleagues. I'm like, are we imagining this? No. But so many people um, and the colleagues that we have that believe that there was side effects happening, you know, they're like, yeah, I, I challenge other providers and doctors and and lots of them just like, yeah, you can't prove that that that's the right. case. So but let's, but, but, let's but change it. that scenario. If you had a two-year-old come in with an adult male-sized handprint on their back, mm-hmm. yes, would you report that to the police? Right. Yes. Yes, you're a mandatory reporter. Of course, you were. Right. Would. Right. That's a great so, analogy. You know, it's. It was really frustrating because it was almost like the "don't ask, don't tell." Like, right. well, I don't want to believe it's really happening, so I'm just gonna. Well, plus the other thing is, May actually reported stuff to Varys because she doesn't give two craps. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it is so it, onerous. It, it, it's unbelievably oh. painful. It's it oh. takes it takes a lot of time out of your day to report, and then there's all these bulletins on there. You know, punishable by you know criminal penalty blah 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 if you make a false VARES report Mm -hmm. well I mean who like what incentive do you have to make a false VARES report I mean it's just but I'm sitting there going look I got I got another 35 people to see today I'm not going to sit here for 20 minutes 20 minutes to an hour filling all this in filling a form in for something I don't really know exactly what's causing what man so they make it painful so then you're less likely to report yes Wow. Yeah. Yep. It's exactly how it works. That's super interesting. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I it is no BS with you two. I love it. It's <laughs> well, great. <good. laughs> Thank you. Because we love it too. You um, know who you need to talk to is um my doctor is Canadian too, and she has her own practice um called Firefly Medical. Nikki Lovett, she's in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And uh, uh-huh. she is a family practice doc, and then she did a uh, pharmacology. She was able to do like a dual, um, I don't know if it something in her medical school is dual family practice and then uh, pharmacology, but some, she has. Some do. Some have unique boards where you can, not boards, but you can subspecialize in, in both, yeah. Yeah, that's, so she does a lot of the. What's her business? Hormones. Um, Firefly Medical in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Okay. Yeah, she's she's yeah, awesome. Great. You guys would uh, you should have her on. She'd be a great what guest. Do? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for all of your advice on I like as you were talking, May the different checklists like to have this uh, is just something that I think every mom should have, and it's just nice to have handy. And if you're a planner, you know. Jump on Amazon or go to your local pharmacy and pick up these things. And nice to have at home. And I appreciate your candidness, both of you. It was very nice to meet you. Yeah, if I if I can just say one very brief thing, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as we diss on medicine and modern medicine, it doesn't mean it's bad. Mm -hmm. It means parts of it are corrupted. But the stuff that we do well in Western medicine is unbelievably good and helpful. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you have a two-week-old baby with a fever 
please have them seen. Right. We can save their life if they have an infection. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's all of these, uh, you know, don't ignore chest pain. Right. <laughs> like there's so many things we do. Like this is where you want to have a heart attack is mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. This is where you want to have cancer. I mean, we can, there's a lot of great things we right. can do, but you know, buyer beware. That's mm-hmm. what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, as um, we always say with other physicians and shows we've been on and with guests, and, you know, the whole thing about what you said about the doctor, you, people don't want to question because of authority. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been in a situation this past year myself where I had to shop around for four physician opinions to get it right and I'm a doctor as well Mm -hmm. because I'm like I don't believe I don't trust what their opinion is Mm -hmm. I don't have extra knowledge but I'm like in my gut I don't feel like that's the right answer because I'm not an expert in this field of medicine but I'm like Mm -hmm. in my gut I don't like this I don't think I want that I'm gonna look around so to everybody you got to trust your provider question it's okay to question Mm -hmm. You know, if someone's building your home and you don't like what the contractor says or the engineer, you're going to get another opinion. Same with medicine. And so yeah. it's okay to question. Don't just willingly just take what they say and go, I got to list. I got to take it. Um, it's a little different if you have this long standing report with your doc and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But don't be ashamed to get another opinion yep. and question. Exactly. I love it. Thank you. That's very sound advice. <laughs> very sound no matter no matter who you are so thank you so much for having us on we loved it um and thank, uh yeah if thank you wants to check us out further yeah they can at bs3md.com that's us <laughs> i love it and you get your live streams in and uh and you guys are real and it's uh you're not there's no bs i like it thank <laughs> we, you for we, being guests we, we you bet when we share bs we call, we call each other on it. Yes, we that's good. Around, but yeah, for the, for the most part, this is it. You, this is what you get when you when you follow us, and yeah, we'll we'll follow you. So you, everyone has at uh, the bsfreemd.com. And uh, if you like this episode, please give us five stars. Uh, appreciate that. As well as if you have any guests that you want on the future or any any topics that you want us to cover, send me a message. Uh, I'm Patty Post CEO on uh, Instagram as well as TikTok. So with that, uh, keep living your healthiest lives. And I'm signing off. I'm Patty Post with Checkable Health. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Checkable Health podcast. If you want more information, head over to checkablehealth.com for show notes, links, and resources mentioned in today's podcast. Please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to get all of the Checkable Health at-home healthcare details as soon as they're released. Find us on every social channel at Checkable Health. Cheers to living your healthiest and happiest life.